Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hacker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino, we bring you the latest OU football news. Then Taylor Gooch joins us to talk about leaving the PGA Tour for Live Golf and the current heater that he is on. And we finish with our winners and losers of the weekend. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right, our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's beautiful Monday, May 8th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of May, all you got to do, people, is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now recording this Sunday afternoon, please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. Ted Lehman, how we doing, sir? I am doing fantastic. Cannot complain. Got a beautiful May weekend. All is good, man. It it was a beautiful weekend, but I'll be the first to admit, I got to reacclimate, man. I was, there are a couple, because my son just wants to play outside. Like, that's it. That's all he wants. It's like, okay. We we got to get the body readjusted <laughs> to the heat. Yeah, it was what ninety and humid, kind of out of nowhere. It's like okay, we know what we're in store for this summer. Not just a little taste, you know. Probably gonna cool off a little bit before the real stuff sets in. But that you're right, definitely got to get used to the heat. Yeah, we'll get back. We'll get back. We'll adjust. All right, let's get to the OU football stuff and. Kind of in an interesting part of the college football calendar right now. You you look at the portal now being closed, but you know there's still several guys, lots of guys, in there that have not yet determined where their destination is going to be. But the Sooners land one of the guys that was one of the most desired players in the portal, right? Appalachian State transfer Troy Everett 
has committed to Oklahoma. Saw him at the spring game, met him at the spring game. Uh, 6'3", 285, 290-ish. Uh, definitely could, could add some more weight. But this is this is a good win for Beatonbo. This good win because when you look at this team, there, there's no doubt that the depth in the interior of the offensive line isn't exactly where you want it to be at. And this is a guy that if he can come in and get stronger, uh, you know, really have a good summer with Jerry Schmidt, that he could be a factor. I I don't know if he's going to push Andrew Rame as far as for the starting center position. I think Rame is significantly more talented than him from what I've seen from both of these guys, but it never hurts to have a guy push the incumbent starter, Ted. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that's a, a good sign. You know, one of the things is still kind of limited size wise, right? So I, you would hope like, you know, perfect world. If say he comes in and it's like, wow, he's, he's right there. Really good maybe one of our best five, he's going to be limited size-wise to where you don't have a whole lot of position versatility, right? Or maybe I'm wrong on that. No, he just seeing him in person at this level, right? He seems like a center only to me. Now, hey, you, you never know. I mean, I played a lot of games at guard, and I wasn't exactly the biggest dude in the world. So it can... It, it all depends, but I, I know some people look at it and say, okay, could this move Andrew Rain to guard, right? And, and could they, is that how you get your your best five? Remember, it's not it's not always your most talented five along the offensive line. It's the best five that play the best together. So I know this. Bill Beanbow's gonna try all kinds of different things during training camp, right? He he is he's constantly in search of that best five, but I did. I went back and watched App State's game. They remember they went and played at Kyle Field, played A and M early uh, in the 2022 season, and I went back and watched every snap of that game. And Troy Everett, he he did some nice things in that game. Right? He, he plays with he plays with really good effort in that game. It was hot. You could tell these guys were dying in the fourth quarter. It was really funny to watch, but. He likes to finish blocks. Uh, I think his number one strength from what I saw from him in that game is his ability in zone blocking schemes. I thought he did a nice job on zone double teams, climbing up to the second level, getting on backers, grip strength, looked good. But there were times where he was overwhelmed by the size and athleticism along Texas A&M's defensive front, right? And that's where we're going, man. Yep. You know? So he's a guy that, you know, he's a nice, nice depth piece. If he can have a big time summer, maybe he's flirting for a starting spot. But with what I've seen from him, he he's got a he's got a quite a ways to go to be a what you would consider a great player. So I, I think he's I think anyone that thinks he's just going to come in here and take a starting spot right away, I just that's not how I see it. Yeah. Is he a is is he a one year of eligibility guy? No, three, three. Okay, yeah, All no. Right. So this is this is a this is a guy that like be patient out there. Don't expect him to come in right away. And when you watch him play at App State, it's weird. He kind of looks like a undersized tackle playing center. 
because of how he's built. And I didn't really see that when I met him in person, he he looks like an interior offensive lineman, but then I watched him on tape and I was like, huh? So it's, I, I think there are a couple things he really needs to work on. In, in my opinion, he's got to get stronger, right? He, he's got to get stronger. He needs, he needs to work on his footwork. He needs to play. He gets too straight leg too often playing like, and, and I know, in pass throw, sometimes you get a little straight leg, you anchor, like you're squeezing your butt, you're doing these things, but he does it way too often. And it gets him in bad spots. So I, I look, I watch and I see all that and I go, well, Bill Beatenbow is one of the best technicians around. Like he's going to get him right on the technique front. So yeah, I think he's a really interesting player and he's a guy that a lot of people wanted and Usually, hey, when you're landing a guy that a lot of other people wanted out of the portal, especially at the offensive line position where there's not a ton of O-linemen that that are in that portal, you know, for the most part, that can really help you at this level. I you know, I'm I'm optimistic about what he can be as a player. Yeah. Well, here's here's the great thing. He's it's not someone that that comes in and it's like, oh my gosh, this is a um this is a talent that is is going to totally change things for for what Oklahoma's future looks like. That's not necessarily the case, but it is to a certain extent because I we have we got problems at backup center, right? So correct. Like in all actuality, like this is this could be a season saver. You know, like like this type of guy can could really change what I, uh, if, if we're rain were to go down, who has an injury history uh, right now, backup center is one of the weakest spots on the team. You know, we just don't have a lot of depth there. And I think it's a really similar to, you know, the, the fair state D two transfer that we got in, in Connor Noor. He, like there's a lot of similarities between what these two guys bring whenever they come in. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see what it looks like, right? But in, in a perfect world, they come in, right? He comes in, he pushes Rame for the starting job. Rame elevates his game as a result of it and starts playing the best football of his career, right? That's yeah, that's what it looks like in a perfect world for me. But he he does give you more depth. Everett does give you more depth in the interior because you know Josh Bates is young, man. He's young. He's just, he should still be in high school, right? So even though he got in early and, and got to go through all spring practice, like there's still, I mean, there's a, there's a maturation process for a guy to come from high school and to be duking it out in the interior of the offensive line. Yeah. So whatever it was, this will be his third year in college. So he's been in a college weight room program. He's, He's a little more seasoned when it comes to all of that. So now, hey, you you let Bates and Everett battle it out for that backup center spot, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's the only way Bill does things. But with how much we saw Nate Anderson struggle, you know, really th- throughout his career, especially throughout the spring, you you assume Everett he's got a he's got a nice chance to come in and at least be part of the two deep, mm-hmm. if not push to get some snaps on the field yeah and 
depth is so critical, man. I that's one of the things. Like we our starting positions across the board, offensively and defensively, for the most part, look really solid. But depth is one of our biggest factors right now. Interior offensive line. Um, I guess you could even make the claim at tackle, right? Um, you know, on on defense, like I was talking about linebacker. Outside of Danny Stutzman, we don't have a single player on in our inside linebacker room that's played really a meaningful snap of football, which is not what you want, right? You need you need good quality depth to be able to overcome, uh, you know, a, a long grueling season where bumps and bruises and injuries and whatever may come across, it will come across. So, like guys like this that add good quality depth, I think are critical. You you mentioned the Sooners also getting a a commitment from Fair State linebacker. Is it near? I've been saying Connor near. Is that wrong? I guess it's N E A R. Yeah, I guess that's right. Near. What did I say? Nor. I don't know. I when you said it, I got a very near. confused look on my face. I was like, I've been saying this kid's name wrong. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I, but that would probably be me. Yeah. Well, I. I'm just it, you could be right. I could be wrong. Near, all of my life, I'm I'm going to pronounce that near. Now, if if that's incorrect, Connor's family, please forgive me. But it, it feels like a nice, you know, a nice addition to drive competition in that linebacker room, Ted. Yeah, I hey, he's a def, uh, division two player, but I really like him. I I think he's. I think he's great. From what I've seen, the very limited amount. Now, I did go down and see him play in person uh, in the D2 National Championship game, and they had a really, really good defense. But I I really like the way he moves. He plays low. He plays square to the line of scrimmage. He's got good footwork. Um, I, just by watching, it doesn't take a whole lot to realize that he understands blocking concepts and how to fit and where a run is designed to go. And, and he's, he's always direct in traffic. You see him getting guys lined up, you know, making, making audibles or whatever. And he's, he, I just think he's a really, really good, solid all around linebacker. That's got a lot of experience, which is something that you just can't, can't coach, can't teach like guys either have it or they don't. And he's going to come in. And I think, He's going to insert himself right away into that Mike Backer starting conversation. Now, um, Kanick, obviously way more talented. Kobe McKenzie obviously has uh, a couple of things that I think are that, that Connor won't, won't ever have, just like the size and like that type of physicality. But, you know, he's got quickness. He's got good footwork. He's been coached really well. He's going to understand the defense or concepts that are really close to that. And I think he'll, he'll have an opportunity now, whether or not he can, he can win the job. I don't know, but he's going to, he's definitely at a minimum going to provide some really good experience in the, uh, the two deep. Yeah. At, I look at both of these situations, right. With near coming in that linebacker room. And now Troy Everett coming in to that offensive line room. It's gotta it's gotta put a couple of those guys in those rooms on their toes, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saying that's a okay. good thing. It's it, it's 
it's going to get some of those guys attention like okay hey no we thought that you know we had all that we needed all of a sudden you you bring a couple new guys in there that have played some ball that are that are experienced that are going to be looking to get on the field and it's interesting how that can change a dynamic in a position room yeah for sure no there, there's no doubt about that and you know i'm assuming that you know these are good quality uh you know, locker room guys, you know, not, not guys that you're, you're not bringing in trouble into the locker room, at least uh, from what I can gather. So that's always a good thing. Continue to make that, that core of players uh, that really make up the heart and soul of your team, continue to be good, hardworking players. Absolutely. I, that's just kind of my assumption for all the guys that Venables and this staff are bringing in now, just kind of, I think, and maybe that's foolish of me to assume, but I'm really not concerned with the character piece of anyone that this staff is bringing in. Yeah. Right. And that's just, I, I, that could be, end up being a dumb assumption, but I don't know, but the way that those guys operate, I don't know. I feel, I feel pretty safe doing that. I agree. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right. This is a fun exercise, and we've done it before. But Ted, I know how much you love way too early mock drafts. <laughs> yeah. Those are, they're your they're your favorite. I know, I know that they bring you just an abundance of joy. And I I actually think they're fun, right? Because the NFL draft happens and then everyone releases their way too early first round mock for the 2024 draft. But it is a it's a good way to know some of the players that could end up being you know, the biggest names in college football in the 2023 season. And like, obviously Caleb Williams and all of these is going one, one that didn't make me feel particularly great. I'm sure that, Oh, you fans look at it and they're just like, dang it. But well, he he's going number one and he would go number one. If he sat out a year, Um, he's the best player. He's best quarterback by far, but the best player probably by, some margin i i've had multiple people who do that for a living right the the mock draft 
stuff and, and scouting scouting backgrounds to say he's the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Yeah. Which says a lot. Guy's good. He's good. Yeah. But so you see, you see these mock drafts, right? Caleb Williams going number one overall in all of them. You see Drake May, the quarterback from North Carolina, really high. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver for Ohio State, is going in the top five in pretty much all of these. But I looked at several, right? Ryan Wilson's from CBS Sports. Dane Brugler, our buddy Dane Brugler at The Athletic put one out. Uh, Matt Holder over at Bleacher Report put one out. I was I was unable to find a single way too early 2024 mock draft with an OU player in it, which I can be upsetting to some people, right? Some fans could see that and say, well, that's I don't like that, and I agree with that. But it also leads to a fun question. What player on this roster is most likely to play themselves into being a first-rounder? in 2024 and, and remember first round picks great measurables great or and or great skill set and at a premium position typically so what do you think who who on this roster right now could play themselves into a 2024 first round pick uh it's it's a very- i don't like the length of your pause I don't well, like that because I only I think there's only I think the, there may be one guy and it's Tyler Guyton. I think that's it. I mean Walter Rouse like at tackle like I I don't know enough about him to think that he would work himself in into a first round pick. It's hard like if you have a guy that's been around as long as he does, you kind of feel like you know what you're going to get. And if he was going to be a first round pick, he would have already been gone. Um. I I defensively I don't see anyone. Um I you have a guy like Justin Harrington who I think is going to have an incredible year and he would have an incredible combine. Um but I just don't know about the position cuz he's going to be playing a position all year that he won't be playing in the NFL. He would either be a safety in the NFL or a linebacker, which I don't think he's going to be a linebacker. So it just, it becomes, it's way more difficult for teams to take a first round pick whenever you start to introduce variables in there. And where he plays is a position that doesn't necessarily translate to the next level. So that's why I wouldn't say him, um, you know, the other best player on the best players defensively would be Stutzman, who, you know, he checks all the boxes physically as far as size, weight, and stuff like that. But, you know, he still has a lot of, like, frankly, what pro scouts would consider not good film. Um, you know, he's, there's been times where he's getting, you know, blown up by offensive linemen, you know, run over sometimes on the, on film. He, he looked slow at times last year, as far as chasing guys and one-on-one tackles. Um, and it inside backer is not a premium position for the first round. So I, he would have to do something incredible, which I'm not saying he can't, but I would say it's say it would be not likely. 
Am I, I missing anyone? I don't think so. And I think that's it, it kind of lends to what we say a lot about this program. It's like you you have to upgrade the talent. Right? The talent has to the, the recruiting classes have to keep stacking up. Yeah. Right? These top five, top seven, top eight type recruiting classes, because I'm with you, man. Tyler Guyton, that's the easy answer for me. The size, the length. If he has the summer, he should have. He's going to be in the discussion as a top 15 pick. Now he's got to go prove it. It's it's not just about your measurables, man. It's about how you play mm-hmm. along the offensive line. Right? Skronsky from Northwestern, he didn't have long arms. Dude can play. Dude has the tape. They don't care. Give me right. the guy that can block people. So... Guyton's got to go prove that in the 2023 season that he can be more consistent and that he can play that he can play up to the talent that he's got all the time. I you you look at it there are a couple of tackles uh, that are that are going to be in that draft class. The kid from Penn State is legit. I think you say Fashanu, Fashanu something like that. Olu Fashanu, he's he would have been OT one if he came out this year. Sounds like a first round tackle. Oh, like the name he checks looks out. <laughs> he looks like a million bucks. Joe Alt from Notre Dame is also a guy that's going to be in the mix. But yeah, Rouse is an interesting. That's interesting. You bring him up. You and I, we've both been out there. The dude looks the part. That's yeah. for sure. I mean, six yeah. six three fifteen. It if Beanbow can refine his technique. Get him to play with a little more of an edge. He's a smart guy, really good personality, like all the stuff. There's a lot to like about him as a guy. Yep. Now, if Beatenbow can turn him into a little, uh, maybe a little more of a savage as a player. I mean, he he's a prototypical right tackle in the National Football League. I mean, yep. the way he moves at the size that he's at, like he he's got the skill set, but. That's he didn't he didn't show, you know, first round type tape at Stanford. He just didn't. That doesn't mean he can't make a leap this year, right? Learning from Beatenboat. Maybe, maybe he does. I hope he does. Right. Yeah. QB tackle edge wide receiver. See, that's the problem. When you think edge, as I look at the edge group right now, I mean Trace Ford would be. No, he doesn't have the he I know, but he's gonna be he's the guy this year that has the highest ceiling for us as a rusher this year. Now, in the future, we know Adabare is like Yeah, remember this we're just talking about guys that will be eligible for the draft correct. next year. Right. Right. So like we don't have we don't have anyone at edge right now that you would consider a high round pick. Uh Trace Ford, if he was healthy and had some type of incredible year, like he just doesn't have the measurables. Like I think he yeah. can be a really productive player, but just seeing him in person, he doesn't have the length, he doesn't have the size. Mm-hmm. And then you got the injury history. Like there's just there's right. no way. You know Corner, what I mean? Like Woody is I think he's gonna be a I think he's gonna have his best year, but it's me- it's measurables for him too. You know, he's not gonna have the measurables for a first round corner and I think our other corner is going to be a true freshman, which is, you know, pretty wild. Yeah. So, but, you know, like Harrington, 
I, I think he's going to have an incredible year. And I think that there's going to be, if, if he plays the way that I hope he does and what he's capable of, if he continues to, to, to get the knowledge level up, I, he'll go run, you know, he'll be six, three, right around two twenty, and go run four, three at the combine. So by where you want to, you want to put him at safety. Okay. Well, I think he could play it, but first round, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know with I, him. Billy Bowman, like if you're looking for a guy in the defense, right, a guy that, you know, you and I are expecting to have a massive year. He may not have the ideal measurables, right? When you're looking at the, what you're looking for from a safety in the first round. But dude, if he, if he has the type of season we're expecting him to have, maybe it's just so dynamic and explosive and impressive that he becomes part of that conversation. I, he needs, he needs to stay four years. I like the conversation right now with, with Bowman and like with Stutzman, it, I just, I can't imagine a first round. Great. There's only 32 first rounders, man. And it's, it's hard to get into that group. But if, if both of those guys have good years, solid years, great years, and then come back around for the final year to do it again, have a year in the SEC to go play some big-time teams and play well against big-time teams, that that can change the conversation. Right. You know, I, I just – I don't think either one of those guys should be in a rush to go to the NFL. I think yeah. Bowman would, I, would do – would have a – would do better in the NFL, like where he is right now, than what Stutzman would do. I think Stutzman needs four years. Gotcha. All right, let's get to call your shot because we asked y'all, what player for the Sooners do you think could play himself into being a first rounder in the 2024 NFL draft? This first one comes from Matt A. Bear, H E B E R T, A. Bear. That works for me. Hebert. <laughs> I'm guessing it's A. Bear. He says, DG. QBs regularly move up to draft board since it's always a position of need. If a healthy Gabriel plays consistently and OU gets back to nine or 10 wins, he'll have the eyes of lots of teams and should have no trouble moving into the first. Doesn't need a Heisman season to do it. What? I, first of all, at his size, right? And he is, what, five ten and a half. and a half? Yeah. He's the same size as Bryce Young, right? He's the five ten in the two hundred five to two ten range, right? So yeah. we just saw a guy that size go number one overall, right? So we, you know that the size it it doesn't mean what it used to mean, but he's got to take a big jump with his decision making, his accuracy, and, and if everything clicks, who knows? But saying that he doesn't need a Heisman season to do it—that's just that's just crazy talk. A guy that size to play himself into being a first rounder, you may need to win the damn thing. Yeah. Like that's the type of season you have to have to be a first round pick at that size at quarterback. Well, and there's going to be, so you got Caleb Williams at quarterback, Cam Rising, Bo Nix, Drake Jr., Drake May, 
who else out there? I mean, there's going to be quite a few guys out there at quarterback. J.J. McCarthy, I saw him in some of the mock drafts from Michigan. Yeah. Who's got the size and the athleticism. Yeah. Got some more to prove, but. The kid from Arkansas, you know, if he's, he stays. So, I just, it's, man, he would he would have to have a, the type of year that he would have to have to be a first-round pick would have him right there in the Heisman conversation for sure. Finalist the, at a minimum. At a bare minimum. So, I just. I mean, that's just you. You have to have a special season if you're Dylan Gabriel, right? To be in that People, conversation, they NFL will will reach on quarterbacks in the first round. There's no doubt. We've seen it. They will reach on quarterbacks in the first round, but usually, guys they reach on are guys that are like prototypical like athletically size, just incredible arm strength. And it's like, he's raw, but we'll work with him. That's not Dylan Gabriel. Just That's not the mold he's in. You can just say it's Anthony Richardson, man. You don't have to tiptoe around well, it. It's not just him. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it in the past. Like Josh Allen was the same way, right? Yeah. He, I would consider him a reach. Like big guy, strong arm, incredibly raw, not very accurate, but you know, he's got tremendous up- upside. Like, Dylan Gabriel will have to squeeze every ounce out of what he has to work with in order to 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 get there, and that's I, I think that'd be tough. But yeah. I hope so. If Dylan Gabriel gets drafted in the first round, that means this year went really well for the Sooners. Yeah, we're going to the playoff, and you <laughs> yeah, and I are getting drunk minimum. in a hospitality suite. <laughs> that's what it means. All right, this other one comes from Jonesy who says Tyler Guyton is the obvious choice, but if Danny Stutzman balls out with a butt kiss award type season, he could be a possibility too. We, we talked a lot about that. I, I hope, I think, he's, I hope it all comes together for Stutzman, man. I, I think he's going to have a really good year. I think he's going to have a really good year. think, you know, if he, if he picks up where he lo- left off last year, which I think he should be close to that by the end of the year, he should be playing really good football. If, if everyone else, and that's the thing I've been saying, I, you have to have everyone else around you playing great too. You know, like the defense, rarely can you just go in the first round unless you're an absolute freak, un- unless you come from a good defense. And an inside backer, you know, the type of guys that have been going first round an inside backer are usually inside hybrid edge rush guys you know other than that they're you typically don't have first rounders right all right let's get the birthday shout outs happy second birthday to rosa zamora happy fourth birthday to cecilia zamora happy eighth birthday to finley grace cooper happy 21st birthday to Cade mcdonald Happy 28th birthday to Bonnie Lee Woods. And happy 32nd birthday to Jeremiah Curry. All right, let's get to our interview with Taylor Gooch. But first, Love's Travel Stops is now offering a nationwide 10 cent per gallon discount on gas and auto diesel. Just download the Love's Connect app and scan your barcode at the prompt on screen and watch that price drop 10 cents per gallon. Across the country, the Loves Connect app unlocks exclusive deals and can help any traveler plan their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, 
Be sure to download the Loves Connect app to save 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Loves Travel Stops. Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones with an expanded mobile-to-go zone. And of course, don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious Java Hamore. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma Breakdown merchandise and is the best place to get your OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. If you want to live your life in butter soft comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. And hey, you hungry out there? Of course you are. Then head to the garage for hand-smashed patties, butter-toasted buns, and ice-cold beer. The food is fantastic, and it is the perfect spot to watch any big game. Visit eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you and order online from the garage in your neighborhood. All right, here is professional golfer Taylor Gooch. It is our pleasure to be joined by the only Yes, only back-to-back winner in live golf history. The pride of Carl Albert is in the house. Taylor Gooch, what's going on, man? What's up, man? How y'all doing? Pretty good. Uh, I mean, good, not but it's as... all relative, right? That's about to say. I was about to <laughs> say, we're not on the roll like you are, man. <laughs> how, you know how how are you feeling about your game, man? Let's just start there. You win in Australia. You win in Singapore. There is a there's a healthy check that comes with both of those wins, and you guys getting the team win as well. Like, just how are you? How are you feeling about your golf game right now? It's, you're kind of on. You're you're not kind of. You're on a heater, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's um. Yeah, I mean, hey, it winning. Like I keep saying, winning in professional golf uh, on any tour at any level is, is challenging, and then. To do it back to back is just it's even that much more difficult. So um to have the back to back weeks like that is I mean that that's why you spend the extra time, you know, practicing. That's why, you know, you get up at six AM for workouts. That's why you put all the extra time in is for, you know, those moments, those weeks like these last two. And so um man, it just it makes all all the sacrifice, you know, all the time spent, uh, it makes it worth it. I gotta imagine too, like the momentum you get on the course whenever your confidence is sky high, you know, you're walking taller, you trust your game, you're trusting your swing, you're it's got to I mean, in the zone, I guess, is is the way you would put it. It's got to just feel a little bit different when when everything's working. Right. Yeah. You know, it's it's just like any sport, you know, momentum is is crucial. And so uh, when, when you get some momentum going your way, um, you, you try to ride that wave, you know, cause it, it's, it's awesome. It feels great. And, uh, you know, on the other end, when it doesn't feel good, how much that sucks. So you, uh, you, you try to relish that, the, the wave and, and try to just ride it as long as you can. And, um, again, like I said, that, that's why we put all the time in, man. And that's why we work hard so that, uh, we can get things going our way and, and take advantage of the momentum when, when it's going your way. So, you guys, you've got the live event in Tulsa coming up, right, at Cedar Ridge. Just how excited are you to have one of the tour's events in your home state? Man, it, it truly is like a dream come true. Uh, you know, growing up in o- Oklahoma, um, there 
occasionally there was a major championship, which is awesome, but there was never a, a PGA Tour event. There was never like a consistent, you know, there's always going to be the this professional golf tournament here, at, you know, year after year. And, you know, as Oklahomans, we love our sports, you know. And so um, I'm, I'm pumped for Oklahoma in general to be able to have this tournament and for, you know, Oklahomans and fans, golf fans, sports fans, fans in general to be able to come out and, you know, get to um, get to watch and, and experience some of the, the best athletes in the world at their craft. And, you know, we have uh, within live, man, we have some of the great, the game's greats right now. We've had some of the, the game's greats for the last 10, 20 years. It's, it, it's a truly a, a really uh, elite collection of, of golfers. And um, I'm just, I'm glad uh Mostly everyone uh, here in Oklahoma is going to have the chance to, um, you know, go see what live golf is all about, as opposed to, you know, hearing about it and seeing what uh, all of these uh, different media outlets have to say about it. So it's just, it's going to be great, man. I'm, I'm so, so pumped and excited. I wonder if there's some pressure because I know for like Gabe and I, if, if, if you're ever like hosting something where, like NFL guys or guys you played with are coming into Oklahoma. There's like pressure to make sure everyone has the right place to eat. Everyone has a good time. Are, are people hitting you up with where they need to go, what they need to do? And you're trying to get everyone lined up for the uh, away from the core stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, I've had a lot of questions of, uh, you know, where, like I said, where to eat, what to do, uh, you know, people uh, kind of, associate Oklahoma with, uh, what do you, what do you do in Oklahoma, you know? And right. so, um, definitely it's an opportunity to, uh, kind of extinguish those, uh, you know, narratives of Oklahoma is boring, if you will. And so I'm just, again, I'm excited for the players to be here. I'm excited for, you know, the Sergio Garcia's and the Lee Westwood's and the Hendrick Stinson's and the Cam Smith's and, all these guys from all over the world. Um, I'm excited for them to see what Oklahoma's about, to see how Oklahoma sports fans are, um, to see the passion and the excitement and the energy and um, and all of it, man. So, I, yeah, I mean, I could go on and on about every aspect of, of it that I'm excited about. So you, you mentioned that, you know, you're hoping that there can be a consistent event right here in the state uh, with Live Golf. Would it would it always be in Tulsa? Or can we, can we get some Oklahoma City action, man? Are you you trying to you trying to swing things that way? Have it in the hometown? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Oklahoma City uh, that would be ideal. I mean, there's never been really um, uh, a top tier professional golf event, um, you know, in, the, in at least in my lifetime. You know, aside from um, you know, Oak Trees had uh, a senior open back in like fourteen or something like that, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it, that that would be the ultimate goal for me uh, is to sleep in my own bed while I get to go play a professional golf tournament. I mean, that's just what could beat that, you know, and especially obviously going to have tons of family and friends coming up to Tulsa. But having it here where I really am from and where all my you know family and friends are like it, that would be the ultimate. And uh, I, I'm definitely going to be working hard to make that happen. Uh, we we kind of had a decent chance uh, this last fall of getting one here this year in Oklahoma city and it didn't quite work out. So um, there's some foundation paved for uh, the talks of that. And, and, you know, I'm hoping it's a, it's a great week for uh, the fans, for the players, for 
live in general uh, in Tulsa so that we can, uh, you know, again, convince everyone, hey, we got to make this a staple. Yeah. I feel like there's – and I don't I don't know if you guys have metrics or how, how you keep up with it or, or anything, but, you know, obviously there's been the, the controversy around uh, the live golf and stuff, but I don't know. It feels like to me you guys have some good momentum right now. Like there's some been some good stuff going on, like the um, – the the viewership and all of that, like the news that's constantly out there about the the different stuff that's going on, feels like you guys are in a good place. Yeah, man, it's been a good couple months. You know, obviously we all knew when we were you know taking this new venture on, there was going to be pushback. It was going to take time. You know, the establishment was not liking what, still does not like what we're doing, and um, so you know, just like anything, when when you got big business involved and and you have a, a long standing corporation. Uh, the establishment that uh, has had their way for a long time. And, and now it, things are being shaken up. It's there's gonna be a lot of pushback and, and challenges with that. So, um, you know, listen, at the end of the day, um, fans, fans want to see the best of the best, right? You know, in basketball, you want to see, you know, LeBron James, Damian Lillard, you know, Anthony Davis, and so on and so forth. You want to see those guys play, you know, that's why, you know, if you get a thunder ticket to, uh, you know, have someone come in like, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis isn't playing, it's a little bit disappointing, you know? And so that's, that's the, as you guys know, like the, the talent, the, the, the best in the world is the driving factor. And, and at the end of the day, it's like my buddy say, you know, what we're doing is not heart surgery. Like it's, it's not life or death. It's, it's entertainment, you know, and we put our heart and sweat and soul into it to be the best that we can. But at the end of the day, dude, this is entertainment. And so, you know, we got, we got to get past, you know, the whole, um, you know, how do I put this, like making it bigger than what it is. Like, this is, this is just a game, you know, and we're, I'm so blessed and fortunate to get to play a game and that that's how I pay my bills. And there's people that, come out and, and watch it. And, and so with that being said, like, like I was just saying, I could go down a whole list of names of some of the greatest, you know, of my generation that are uh, playing on live and, you know, not only guys, you know, that, you know, as the media keeps trying to push of a bunch of, you know, has-beens like Cam Smith was the n number one, number two, whatever player in the world in the last year, you know, you have, Joaquin Neiman, one of the greatest players in the world. You have Abe Answer, you know, you have Brooks Kepka, Dustin, you know, you have such an elite list of players that um, have been and still are some of the best in the world. And so, um, you know, that, hey, I call it the rule 67. Uh, you go shoot 67, you know, you go perform, That that's going to extinguish a lot of narratives. And that's what, you know, happened at Augusta. And that's what, you know, continues to happen as, as we play more and more great golf. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's interesting that you mention what happened at the Masters, right? With what Phil did on Sunday, with how Brooks played, even, you know, with how you played, right? Making the cut, finishing 
and what was it top 35 or so mm-hmm. yeah how important was that that performance that a lot of the live guys had the way that they played at the masters how, how important was that for kind of the public perception of the tour because people are like oh these guys have haven't been playing really difficult courses they won't be ready their games won't be you know in the right place and that just wasn't the case yeah you know we all know within live like how good the competition is we know how great the you know our field is week in and week out and you know unfortunately you know uh the media can be uh can sway a lot of opinions right and so you know when when the establishment is is got the media in their pocket and they're pushing narratives to try to illegitimize the quality of golf that is being played week in and week out at our events you know it's it's going to take weeks like Augusta to for people to see what is happening rather than hearing what's being said. And so that, that was great for the public perception. It was by no means surprising to us because we know how good all these guys are, but like you said, it, it, you know, public perception, unfortunately uh, is, is still very important in a lot of ways. And, and so that was a big week to start, you know, again, extinguishing some narratives that just aren't true that, you know, ah, they're only playing 54 holes. They're not going to be able to play 72 holes. And uh, they're, you know, they're not playing championship style golf courses and, you know, all the BS. So, um, you know, every sport deals with uh, some media controversies and some media narratives and all that golf has not uh, dealt with it as much as a lot of other sports. And now we've been thrown into the fire and dealing with it more than, any sport probably. And so, um, yeah, Augusta was, was great for that, for the public perception. And again, it's just, it's just going to take time and eventually, uh, conventional wisdom and, and reasonable minds will eventually prevail. Um, and so weeks like Augusta helps that happen quicker. Was there like, did Phil Mickelson give like a Al Pacino, any given Sunday speech before you guys went and took the, took the masters and started playing? Was there like a, were you guys was there any group effort to say let's go let's go out there and do this thing this weekend? No, not really. I mean, hey, uh what's known doesn't need to be said. You know, we we knew that uh there was going to be a reaction to our performance one way or another. Um and so you know, thinking about that doesn't help us shoot low scores. So at the end of the day, you know, you kind of you get rid of that uh, those types of distractions and you just go try to perform. And, um, but with that being said, when I was, um, you know, not in contention, I, I finished 34th or whatever it was, I wasn't in contention. And so, you know, my last six or seven holes, uh, you know, I'm still trying to play great golf, but I was definitely watching the leaderboards uh, just because it was, then it was fascinating to see, you know, Phil Mickelson, who, you know, is not young and, uh for him to play that type of round Sunday, greatest stage in our sport, uh, it was remarkable. And so, um, no, there, there wasn't uh, any type of big speech like that. Uh, I will say I'll, I'll take a little bit of credit, though, because we had a match. It was me and Harold Varner versus uh, DJ and uh, Phil Tuesday. And uh, Phil, Phil had it locked in, and you could tell he was uh, – his game was starting to fire up. In fact, it – cost me a few bucks because of that so uh i'll take a little bit of credit of making making him sharp uh by you know uh getting his game ready on tuesday if the stories are 
are true. You lost him more than a few bucks, pal. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's just say uh, it was uh, it was nice to have a couple of good weeks on live after that that Tuesday yeah, game. Absolutely. So, and, and maybe this is the best way to ask it. Do you think there are fifty nine guys in the world playing better golf than you right now? That that would be a um, a tough conversation to convince people of right now. So. And the reason I ask it that way is because you're currently 60th in the official world golf rankings after winning back-to-back events on the live tour. How frustrating is that, right? That the way you're playing isn't being reflected in the metric that a lot of people look to for who's playing the best golf in the world. You know, um, I don't know. I don't know if frustrating is the right word, uh, just because I think it's gotten to the point everyone realizes uh, just how not reflective it really is, you know. And so um, I, I think that's another good thing that's you know happened in the last month or two is is people that had harped on the OWGR, the official World Golf Rankings, blah blah blah, blah like it's gotten to a point. It's like this is just so wrong like it's not even a up for debate you know and so the conversation you know thankfully has changed into you know what how do we figure out how to rank these guys how do we figure out how to categorize who's the best in the world how do we try to figure out you know who's deserving of uh getting into the you know the majors the the mecca of professional golf you know and so um i don't you know if as you guys know, in sports, it's like, if, if I get frustrated, what people think about me, you know, I'm going to go down a bad path if that's the case. So, uh, I, again, I, I keep calling it the rule 67, go shoot 67. And that takes care of everything. Yeah. I, I got to imagine also like whenever the decision, whenever you made the decision, I know it wasn't easy and you had to look at things from a bunch of different perspectives. I'm sure some of this was was probably built in, right? You knew that there was going to be maybe some wonkiness here at the beginning to get all of that stuff sorted out, to get the majors sorted out. And was that something you guys talked about in depth before you made the decision to go to Live Golf? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, you know, it, it we're shaking the system up. You know, this is literally the establishment uh, is being challenged with, with all of this. And it's an establishment that has a bunch of powerful people, a bunch of big money, a uh, bunch of big corporations behind it. And so uh, when that happens, you just, you know, it's going to be a battle and you know, there's going to be some adversity and some challenges and uh, some, you know, tough times. And, and that, that was just part of it. And um, you know, at times it, that gets, you know, you feel like you're beating your head against the wall at times with that. Uh, at times it's frustrating, but again, you know, we all mentally prepared ourselves for this fight, you know, for this battle that was going to incur. And so, um, you know, again, I, I eventually people are going to start stealing this term rule 67, you know, you go shoot 67 a bunch, you go perform. No one can deny it when you're performing. So, at the end of the day, um, that's what we have to continue to focus on. That's what I continue to focus on. Uh, man, you go perform, you go play good, and that's the best way to shut people up and change people's minds. I'll tell you right now, if I go shoot 67, I I may die. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I may die of happiness. 
just instantly. <laughs> we'll get you back to the interview, but first. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, students prepare to meet their potential with an individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics where they've won over 100 state championships, and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. And attention business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. All right, back to the interview. Now, Explain to me, and I read a little bit about it, Taylor, but explain to me what the hell's going on with you and being in your eligibility for the U.S. Open, right? Because from what I understand, they changed some language in the qualifying criteria, and it sounds like it screwed one guy, and that guy is you. (laughs) So what's going on with the U.S. Open and your eligibility for that event? Yeah, so um, the U.S. Open – is obviously uh, it's called an open because anyone can qualify. Uh, you could, if you want to figure out how to shoot four sixty sevens, you could go qualify for the US open. So yeah. it's got some work to do. I'll get on it. It's, it's so cool in that aspect that like anyone literally has a chance to go compete at the highest level in professional golf. Um, so it, it makes, it makes the US open and the British open special and unique because you know, John Smith on his couch, if he figures, you know, out how to shoot 67, he can go qualify and go get into the U.S. Open. Um, but obviously the U.S. Open, uh, just like the British Open, just like, you know, the PGA Championship and, and the Masters, you know, it's a major championship. And they want, you know, collectively the best field in golf and the best players uh, to be there. Um, and so, you know, they have a couple criterias uh, for qualifying for the U.S. Open, get an exemption to the U.S. Open so that you don't have to go qualify because, you know, frankly, the, the best players in the world can have an off day. And if that happens to be the qualifying day, you know, the U.S. Open doesn't want John Rahm to have to go qualify because if he has an off day and doesn't qualify, now you have the number one player in the world not at your event. And so they, they've kind of figured out a system of uh, a couple different criterias of, if you've shown through your performance over the course of a year, we're going to give you a spot into the U S open because you've proven to be one of the best players in the world. And one of those criteria is on the PGA tour. Um, if you make it to the tour championship, which is the top 30 uh, 
point getters by the end of the season, by at the last term of the season. Uh, if you get into that tour championship, you are exempt uh, into the U.S. Open. You don't have to go through qualifying. Um, and last season, um, I made it to the tour champ- championship in spite of not uh, playing the last three months of the season because of live starting and me being suspended and banned from the PJ tour. Uh, I, I still had played well enough up to my, you know, uh, suspension to still qualify for the tour championship. So I made it to the tour championship, which uh, was crucial because I knew with all of the challenges that we were going to face with the world ranking system, you know, I knew getting to the tour championship was my best shot at getting into the major championships because um, if you make it to the tour championship, that gets you into the, to the U S open, the British open and the masters. And so uh, when that happened, I was pumped because I was like, all right, this is going to give me a chance to play in majors, which every player dreams up, you know, dreams grown up of playing major championship golf. And so um, Augusta came, the masters came out, um, you know, at the end of the year in December and, uh, announced who their field was for the 2023 masters. And I was in the field and it was when they released the field, it was crucial because um, they label the category or the criteria in which you got into the field. And one of the criterias of how I qualified was making it qualifying for the tour championship. I, that was great because I was like, okay, they've set the precedent. If they're if they're going to recognize that, then and honor that, then I just got to assume the USGA, the US Open, and the RNA, the the British Open, are going to follow suit. And the RNA came out for the British Open. The RNA is the governing body for the um, for the U- British Open. They came out and same thing. They said, you know, you you are exempt into the 2023 British Open uh, by qualifying for the you know 2022 PGA Tour Championship. And then the USGA, like you said, they um, altered their criteria, altered the wording uh, to where it says now you get into the US Open if you made it to the if you qualified for the PGA Tour Championship and are eligible to play in the tour championship. Now, because I was suspended, banned from PJ tour, um, I couldn't play in the tour championship. And so they, they made that small criteria change, uh, which, you know, uh, obviously was, you know, like I said, it affected one person, no one else that had qualified for the tour championship was not allowed to play. And so, you know, it affected me and me alone. And the interesting part about it is it's, you know, it's a, it's never affected anyone in the last, you know, 15 years of the PJ tour history. And it's, it's a rule change that really is, it's never going to affect anyone in the next hundred years. And so that, that's why it was just so disappointing to me is, you know, the, the other majors decided to honor what I did in my body of work and my performance um, and didn't alter their criteria to eliminate my exemption. And then, you know, my own country's championship, the U S open, they decided, you know what, we're going to change this rule and it's going to affect him, but we don't care. And that, that is just disappointing, especially because, you know, I've, I've played in USGA uh, events my whole life, us, us junior amateur championships and, uh, U.S. Public League Championships and U.S. Amateurs. I've played in U.S. Opens and everything. And so 
you know, that that's what was so disappointing and, and frustrating um, is, man, they, they, it affected me and, and me alone. Yep. I, and I think that's the, if they very easily could have changed the language as they did and said, obviously this is how we're going to do it moving forward. We're going to like, I don't know, grandfather in Taylor for, from last year's situation. That would have been the easy thing to do. That would have been the right thing to do. And publicly, I think even for them, like, cause they're getting a lot of pushback and rightfully so. And usually that's the only way that they change these things is whenever the public really comes out. And I feel like that's, that's happening. But if, if, nothing changes here is it exemption or nothing for you or is there another plan to possibly qualify how are you going to approach that yeah no so i um have the pga championship in two weeks um and right now so another criteria for qualifying for the u.s open uh or being exempt into the field is uh if you're ranked top 60 in the official world golf ranking by a certain date and it's like um it's like three weeks from now or something like that. And so uh, right now I am on, I'm 60. And so I'm, I'm going to slide outside of that top 60 uh, world ranking by that cutoff date, unless I go and have a really good week at the PGA championship in two weeks. So I have an opportunity to go in and play some really good golf. And if I do, then I'll stay inside the top 60 and be able to play in the U S open. Uh, but if, if not, then I just, you know, I'm not going to be able to play the U S open. I'm, I'm not going to, uh, go and try to do your traditional qualifying, um, you know, for numerous reasons, but like I've said, you know, it's hurtful what they did. And, and with that being said, I'm, you know, obviously they don't want me in the field. And so I'm going to try to qualify through, you know, my performance, but I'm, I'm just not, I've just chosen not to go and, and go through sectional qualifying is what it's called. I'm, I'm not going to go through sectional qualifying if I, don't uh if i'm not exempt through my world ranking so so what's kind of your reaction right because i i have a feeling some people read this look at how it's only affecting you and they say hey you know tough break man you knew something like this may happen when you went to live golf like what what's your reaction when you hear something like that is it just like hey man this should i i get there's politics at work here but it's it should just be about who's playing good golf yeah. And like I said, you know, I understood when I made the decision to join live that there was going to be, you know, this pushback, there's, there was going to be stuff that probably was going to happen that wasn't right and wasn't fair. Um, and this is one of those situations, which again, like I said, it's, it's not surprising in the least bit. Um, but you know, I was, I was, you gotta be hopeful that, uh, you know, the, the majors, the four majors, can be the, the word I keep using is the binding grounds. You know, it's, they have the opportunity to rise above everything that's happening uh, from a, you know, a political perspective within the professional golf ranks. They have a chance to rise above it and um, say, you know what, we don't care what you're doing. We just want to have the best test in golf with the best of the best in the world. And they have an opportunity to not only, you know, rise above, but also to create, a product to create a tournament that's going to be the most intriguing for fans. Uh, because like, like I've said, at the end of the day, um, you know, we fans want to see the best of the best, you know, fans want to see, you know, the best players, the best talent in the world. 
you know, go at it. And, and that's what the major should be about. Um, and, you know, fortunately, that's what, you know, Augusta, the Masters chose to do. That's what the PJ Championship has chosen to do. And that's what, you know, the British Open has chosen to do. And so, you know, I think they understand like, hey, you know, we're, we're here to, you know, f- figure out who the best players in the world are. And that's by creating a field of the best players in the world. And we're not going to, you know, make this political. We're not going to choose sides here because at the end of the day, the side that we're going to choose is golf. Like we need to do what's best for golf. And that's, that's having, you know, a place where no matter who you are, no matter what tour you play on, no matter where you're from, come play in our tournament. And if you're one of the best in the world, you're going to come play in our tournament. You're going to get a chance to go and beat the best in the world. Um, so yeah, it, you know, it's again, none of it's surprising. Uh, you just, you got to think eventually, you know, cooler heads, reasonable minds will prevail and that the majors will still choose to have the best of the best uh, play against each other. How difficult is the adjust adjustment like from playing the live event to going to play the masters? Was it hard without the house music bumping in the background and you're wearing <laughs> pants out there? Hey, it's uh, it that the the no music thing is is definitely like the biggest difference, you know. Forget the shotguns, the tea times, like you know the pants, like all that stuff. Like when we're sitting there on the range, it's and you know we're like hidden, you know we're practicing stuff. It's like man, like imagine being at football practice or a basketball game, and like there's no music, there's no background noise, there's not. It's it's like. Way more this is kind of, yeah it's like this is this is kind of weird like um but yeah no i mean hey it it was um it's not better or worse like it, it's just different you know and that's why i keep saying like you know uh, again i'm I'm not saying that live is better or worse than pj tour or pj tour is better or worse than live like they're just different and that's okay i think i you know when i'm like that's the beauty home, of it. people like yeah variants, you know yeah, yeah, and and you know, like most people in today's time, like when I'm at home, I and I'm golfing with buddies, and I got the speaker in the car. We're blaring music, hanging out, you know. And so, uh, you know, I, I think you know, I think golf uh, is in a great spot right now. I think there's a lot of attention on golf, albeit some of it obviously negative. Uh, but I think it's a it's a great time uh, to be a golf fan because, dude, you, you got you got a bunch of stuff to watch. You got a bunch of energy. You got a bunch of attention. Um, and so, you know, I think if we can, uh, you know, over the course of the next six months to a year, if we can figure out, you know, as the golf world, if we can figure out how to utilize what we have right now and utilize this energy and attention and, um, you know, learn from the mistakes and figure out how to get on the same page as each other, like, Man, there, there's an opportunity to uh, get a lot more people watching golf into golf than what we've ever had before. So one, one of the most interesting parts uh, about live for me is kind of the team aspect of it, right? Like, and you, if you win individually, you get a big check, but you get a big check, right? If, if your team wins, go range goats, by the way, go range goats. <laughs> yeah. If, how, how different is that like, does that change your approach at all? Like, does it change how you play on the course? Like how you're thinking about your round? Like, how does that, how does that change your mentality out there 
as an individual when you've also got this team component to it? Yeah. Um, you know, it's so fun. Um, you know, the, the tournament prep, like it's so fun that like the, the Monday through Thursday leading into the week, having, you know, your team there and you're, you're talking to each other about strategy and you're, you know, you're practicing together. You've got practice rounds together. Like I grew up playing football, baseball, basketball. Like I love the locker room. Like I love having people in your corner. Like I love, you know, having, men that you're pushing and, and men that, you know, iron sharpens iron. Right. And that's, that's a part that I love about live. And um, when it comes to the actual competition, you know, I'm out there rooting for my teammates, you know, it's, I, I want them to perform well, you know, I, we're going to, you know, collectively uplift each other, you know, the better we are, the better we're going to push each other. And, and so I, I love it. It doesn't, you know, from a performance, like from my play and strategy perspective, it, it doesn't really change things because at, at the end of the day, I, I know, again, rule of 67, like the better you can do, the, the better you can play, the better that's going to help your team. And so I'm going to do whatever I can, you know, uh, I'm going to do my job, not to sound like Nick Saban over here, but you go like do your job, you know, go out there and shoot the best that you can. And that's what's going to help the team the most. Um, and if you shoot the best you can, it's a win-win. It helps you. It helps the team. Uh, and that's, that's what it's about. And so, uh, man, it's a blast. It's it's just again, it's something different. It's something that golf hasn't seen really in this way, and and it's just fun. And, and I think it's just another layer of um, excitement for the fans. Yeah, any way you can make the scoreboard more interesting to where more people are, you know, looking back and checking up on it, I think is is better. Which, you know, is really interesting. I thought you know, the way the last week ended. You know, it was you and Sergio and 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 Kepka coming down the stretch, and you know the the scoreboard is kind of back and forth, and all of the guys are starting to huddle around the 18 green to watch the way it it finishes there. And you know, I thought that was awesome. But the other thing that I thought was interesting, and this is kind of I more more just for you individually, is with all of that going on, the massive amount of money on the line. Uh, you hit the tee shot on 18 and I'm just watching you and, and Kepka walk, walk out there to your tee shots and you guys are laughing. I don't know what he was talking about, but you guys are like cracking up out there and it just looked like you were totally loose, totally confident. That was awesome to see. Yeah. I mean, listen again, um, we're out there trying to do the best we can, uh, but you know, some of us, uh, like me, dude, I can't just be locked in for five hours straight, just grinding like tiger tiger for five hours straight is stone cold. Right. Uh, I don't have that wherewithal, that attention span, that energy, like, so I got to pick and choose my moments of when to get locked in. And, and so, um, you know, Brooks is somewhat the same in, in that sense. And so is Sergio, like, that's why in between shots, like, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to beat his brains in, but you know, in between shots, we're out there cracking jokes and hanging out and just being dudes, you know. Um, but then when it comes game time, when it comes time to hit the shot, you know, we're locked in, you know. And so, um, yeah, in that aspect, it not really any different than the PJ Tour. Same thing with PJ. That's that's just professional golf in general, you know. I mean, it's it's just like in other sports when you know in basketball. Uh, you see, you know, 
Kobe when he would tap someone on the butt after he made a good shot and you give him a little smile and be like, all right, respect. That was, that was cool. That was good. Like, so there's those moments where, you know, you're out there and uh, you're competing, but you're also out there, you know what game recognized game. We all respect each other and, and we're there to, we're there to play our best, but also we got, we got to take some little breaks here and there because golf's hard, man. And, and for five hours straight, we can't all just be stone cold locked in. So we got to take some, some mental breaks. So one of the reasons, uh, and I've heard several guys mention this when they made the, made the switch over to live. It's like, Hey, it, it's, it's less golf. Yeah. The money obviously is a big factor, but it's less golf, more time with your family, like a better work-life balance. I, I know you've got, you've got a kid the same age as my oldest. Like, What's that been like for you? Like since you made the switch, like how, how is the, how's the balance in your life? Man, um, it, it's, it's been incredible. Like, um, for example, this summer, uh, we're going, Liv is playing in Spain. It goes Spain. And then the following week, following week is London, you know, and then a, then a week off and then the British open. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting a chance to go and take my, my wife and my daughter to Europe for a month. And, you know, on the PJ tour, you know, I, I just, I never had, I just didn't have this much off time. So I didn't have, you know, uh, with live we have 14 events in a season on the pga tour you know i was playing 25 to 30 events a year i mean it was it was literally double the amount of, of work and not only the double amount of uh weeks of work but um the the week work on the pga tour because of one more uh tournament round it, it's just more grueling um and for me that's why again that was a, a huge factor is dude i'm i'm actually going to have an off season. Like I'm actually going to have some downtime and, and man golf again is it's, it's, it's such a blessing and I love it, but it is such a grind. Um, and so the, the thought of having some actual freedom and some downtime and, and an actual off season was so, so intriguing and uh, absolutely one of the factors uh, and reasons why I made the move over to live. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I bet it maybe affects some guys differently. Uh, like, for example, right now, you're on a heater. You may be saying, I wish we could play an event, like, every three or four days. Like, let's keep rolling. But it, does the space in between I, – I imagine on the PGA, it's it can be difficult maybe to work on your game in between. Like, it is Does that help if you've got a little bit of extra time in between to maybe tinker with some stuff? Yeah, uh, and also, like, the week of – uh, a tournament, there's just more time. So, like, you know, on the PGA Tour, there's Wednesday is you got to play a pro-am. Uh, basically, you're playing with uh, companies that have, you know, uh, sponsored the event. So, you're playing with, you know, employees of, you know, like Wells Fargo right now on PGA Tour uh, in Charlotte. The, you know, Wednesday, there was a bunch of Wells Fargo executives playing with, you know, Max Homa and John Rahm and Tony Finau and guys like that. And, um, so Wednesday is pro-am day. So, you know, your day is kind of, uh, dedicated to that. And then Thursday through Sunday is tournament, right? So you only have Monday, Tuesday, uh, where you don't have any obligations. And so that's, you know, the, the main time that you can spend working on your game, but, um, you know, also your, uh, 
having to schedule and travel after Sunday finishes, whether that's Sunday night or if you can't get out Sunday night, Monday morning. And, um, and so it's, it's amazing how that one less day of competition uh, is, is one extra day of prep on your game. So like, um, you know, this next week, um, you know, is Tulsa Friday is tournament day, right? So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, I'm going to be prepping my game. I'm going to be, you know, on the practice range, on the driving range, on the putting green. I'm going to have three full days to work on honing in my craft, on sharpening my skills. Um, and if you think about it, if you add that up over the course of a season, you know, that's, that's, you know, that compounds a lot over time. Right. And so as much in the thick of the, you know, in the tournament week, having that extra time to hone in on your craft as much as like the time between, because, you know, the time between tournaments, you're also, you know, you're getting a little bit of R and R you're taking a little bit of time away. You know, you're kind of getting some, um, some rest that you missed like this last week I was in Singapore and I, you know, 24 hours of flying, I finally get home and jet lag takes a couple of days to, uh, get back to feeling right, you know? And so, you know, the, the time, in the weeks, in the tournament weeks, um, it's just as crucial as the time, you know, between, you know, weeks off. We've kept you entirely too long, but want to give you the chance to tell any of the people that are listening, how they can support your foundation, right? Something you started here in the recent past. I know you've got some events going on there in Tulsa for this live golf event. So give it, give us everything, man. How can people support what you're doing? Yeah, so my wife and I started uh foundation, Taylor Gooch Foundation. Uh go to the website, taylorgoochfoundation.org. Uh we have, you know, Instagram account, Taylor Gooch Foundation. Uh go check it out. This next week is gonna be super special, super cool. Um, you know, Monday we're gonna have our fundraiser golf tournament uh that's gonna raise a lot of money for the foundation. That um it's gonna be, you know, just a blast of a day. And uh and then the tournament week we have um a hospitality suite uh, that's located on the 16th green of Cedar Ridge um, that I think there's still some tickets left. So you can go to the website or go to uh, live golf, their website as well. They, you can purchase tickets either, either place and all the proceeds uh, for uh, that will go to the foundation. And, and so, yeah, man, it's going to be a, a special week. We've, it's been a blessing to, uh, you know, start the foundation and see, you know, the impact that we've been able to make in Oklahoma for, for children, for junior golf, for um, just the Oklahomans in general. And so it's, it's, it's a passion of ours. It's something that um, I'm super excited about. I'm also excited for uh, next week to uh, wrap up as well, because man, there's been a lot of time and effort by me my wife, Kelsey Klein, our foundation director and, a whole team that's been involved in getting everything organized. So um, there hasn't been a whole bunch of sleep. There's been a, a little bit more coffee than normal and, and trying to get everything rolling. So it's, um, it's going to be a, an awesome week. And, you know, again, it's like I tell people golf has been such a blessing, but again, it's just a vehicle for me to uh, be able to help impact and, and make a lot or a difference in people's lives. And that's what we're going to continue to do. And so any support, uh, that we can get is is much appreciated, and and we're going to continue to do the best we can. It'll be uh, all worth it when you go out and shoot that opening round sixty seven. You know that's, that's right. right. Which you know I got to say you've been awesome. You could have answered every single question as 
Just go shoot 67, right? And that's what oh, I'm hoping listening for uh, moving forward. That's that's the Gooch answer. That's awesome, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, we are we are official members of the Gooch gang now. I love the T-shirts, there we go. by the way. Embrace it. Just embrace the last name. Love it. That's right. <laughs> You're the man. Best of luck in the event, and we'll we'll keep pushing people to to the foundation and to support what you and your wife are doing. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. We'll uh, we'll do it again another time soon. Sixty-seven rule of sixty-seven. That's that's the new rule of my life. Just shoot sixty-seven, and that would fix everything. Doesn't really doesn't really matter what problem you have. If you can shoot sixty-seven. Whenever you got to the golf course, problem solved. My life. Could you imagine how much happier all of us would be if we could go out there and shoot 67? I can't even imagine what that might feel like. There would be world peace if we could all <laughs> tee it up and go shoot 67. Oh, that's just incredible. Yeah. And he's been carding a lot of uh, 67 and lower scores recently, which, uh, that's what's led to this this really nice run that he's on, which is so fun to watch. Yeah, we awesome didn't. Dude. Yeah, awesome dude, and we didn't we didn't get into. Yeah, we don't want to get into the man's pocket, but he's made like nine million dollars in the last couple of weeks. Awesome, good for yeah. him. It's a it's been a very very nice. Well, it was really made it all in like ten days, right? Yeah, or that not even that. I guess I, that's awesome. I know Australia tax rates not great. You probably you probably donated a lot to that a lot of that to the australian government not sure about singapore but still still look at me oh you know the taxes <laughs> yeah, well. he's he's playing some damn good golf I, and i hope i hope he keeps it rolling in tulsa man should be fun yeah uh be nice to be in town it's it's cool to think that that those those that's a really cool lineup of golfers that are going to be up there in the tulsa area so hopefully it turns into a really good event yeah. All right. Let's finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. But first, John Vance Auto Group has been serving Oklahomans for 40 years. Family owned and operated. They've got nine full service dealerships in Woodward, Miami, and Guthrie. No matter what your vehicle needs are, John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, and Wagoneer. John Vance Auto Group's goal is to give unequaled service and to exceed customers' expectations in every way, which is why they have their lifetime loyalty program. Here's how it works. Buy a new or used car. All you have to do is get all of the manufacturer recommended maintenance done at the Vance dealership. And if something goes wrong with the components of your engine, transmission, drive, axle, or transfer unit, they will cover the repair costs. Great deal. You can browse their entire inventory or find the John Vance dealership near you at vanceautogroup.com. And First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. People, make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend? Winner of the weekend is whoever runs the OU softball social media page. 
that tweet that they put out inevitable was the best the most cold-blooded everything I, that tweet was awesome that game was awesome um came from behind got it done top of the seventh rally from behind to get the win that was a lot of fun yes game three of the series is going on right now but can i can i just can i mention something yeah okay oklahoma softball and i do not know who runs that account at 649 right after that game gotten over after they had the 4-1 or the four run seventh inning they tweeted just inevitable with hashtag championship mindset, right? Mm-hmm. You want to take a guess at who tweeted at 6.20 p.m., the rally just feels inevitable for the Sooners. Any guesses? Gay Bikert? Gay Bikert! Really? Did they steal my tweet? Hopefully. The rally just feels inevitable for the Sooners. And then they're, hey, they can have it. They deserve it. But it just, it uh, does, it, that's how it felt. I was, I, I had been kind of in and out watching the game. And then you're like, seventh inning, okay, down two runs. Let's see, let's see what they got. You know, let's, let's focus in. Let's, let's get dialed in here on the couch. And as soon as that, they had that double, I was like, it's, here it comes. Oh, yeah. It, it, it felt inevitable, and that's why I fired off that tweet. That's good. I did not know you sent that tweet. Maybe that was the uh, – it's An almost inspiration? More, an inspiration. It's almost now that I think about it, it's almost more of a answer to your tweet, right? You said yeah. it feels inevitable, and they just post the results and say, yeah, inevitable. It does that's feel awesome. that way. They are – they're rolling, man. It's yep. fun to watch. 40, uh, 40 straight. Right? Is that the win streak now, I believe? 40 straight, which is crazy. I think I saw today that they've had four such win streaks since 2019 of 40 games or more. That's, which is, that's ridiculous. They It is the top of the first. Uh, so we've got no score in that one as we're recording this. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say they end up sweeping them. Yeah. If they don't, then it's one of those situations where I go, Great loss. Patty will use it as motivation. So either way, it's a sweep and you're feeling great or it's a loss and you're going, got the motivation they need, right? Gets them, brings them back down to earth. The one of those. That's right. Either That's way, right. I think we just covered our bases with either one of those talking points. <laughs> uh, you do get the feeling every now and then whenever you hear Coach Gasso talk that it's not that she wants them to lose, but she wants like some type of adversity. Right. And yeah. they had it yesterday and came back and got the win, you know, didn't lead at all until the top of the seventh. So yeah, that was, that was very cool. Tiari Jennings. Very good at softball. Woo. Very, very good at softball. All right. Who do you have as your loser of the weekend? I had to go with West Virginia athletic director who, I don't know who it is that makes the decisions, they knew they had a beautiful day for baseball yesterday, had record setting crowd there. Um, it was an awesome game. Sooners won, by the way, but they knew they were going to have bad weather today. And I'll take Toby Rowland's word for it. When T Rowe makes a, a comment or a post about something being poorly handled, that 
I'll take his word for it. So now they decided to wait and try and play on Sunday. And as you would imagine, they are currently, I believe, still in a rain delay. So um, that was tough on OU baseball. Probably would have been good for them to, uh, after getting the W yesterday, play a doubleheader and try and get out of there with the series win. If they were to take this series, uh, that'd be three straight series wins. And they're setting themselves up for um, a pretty decent spot in a regional. I heard Skip talking um, either Thursday or Friday before they made the trip to West Virginia that he felt like they were uh, perhaps maybe going to be a three seed in a regional. So, well, you baseball's got it going. Now, Sunday's game did not start off very good for them at West Virginia. I think they're down 6-0 maybe in the third while that thing is in a rain delay. So hopefully they can come out of there, turn it around, and get the series win. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I know they hired they hired an Oklahoman, West Virginia. They hired an Oklahoman as their uh, athletic director, Ren Baker. Really? From Valiant, Oklahoma. Okay. Had him on my radio show. Good guy. I believe I it, bachelor's degree from Southeastern Oklahoma State. Really? Okay. Yeah. Used to, rant, he was the... Huh? He was the AD at Rogers State in Claremore. Nice. Yeah. Now, I don't know who makes that decision. I don't know if it's the athletic director. I don't know if it's the the umpires, if it's someone with the Big 12. Like, I don't know how that gets decided. But it really feels like they should have played it yesterday. Yeah. If, if our man T-Row is unhappy about it, he very rarely voices displeasure. Right. He's very selective when it comes to that stuff. So maybe they should have just asked him. I mean, we're all, everyone from Oklahoma is an amateur meteorologist. Everyone knows that. Come on. Yeah. But come on, this low pressure system's moving in overnight. Why don't we just get it done here uh, on Saturday while it's nice and stable? Yeah. All right. For my winner of the weekend, I'm getting tired of complimenting the law, complimenting the Los Angeles Lakers, but here we are again. A lot yeah, of people was... now. You you look at game two, right, of that Lakers Warriors series. A lot of people thought the Warriors had really discovered some things in that game, right? They put Anthony Davis more in conflict and in some tougher positions. Well, so much for that <laughs> because the Lakers came out and smacked the Warriors by thirty. In game three, it was the Lakers closed the second quarter really well and played really well in the third quarter. And basically, Warriors waved the white flag a couple minutes into the fourth. They're like, hey, they just they got us. And that Lakers defense continues to impress me, man. They're making, a, making it really tough on the Warriors. Now, the Warriors missed a lot of threes, but you got to give the Lakers credit for how they were guarding like, Anthony Davis is anchoring that defense, and it's the strength of that team. It also helps when D'Angelo Russell hits five threes. That is also very helpful. Yeah. But, man, the, the Lakers, I hate how good they look. They look good. And they look extremely good in those white jerseys. Oh, my gosh, those are sweet. That is such a clean look. Uh, you know, LeBron needs to – adopt the Odell Beckham Jr. He just needs to not play and then go in for the playoffs. That's it. 
just get to the playoffs and then I'll show up, I'll play, you know, what, what is it? Uh, you play about what, depending on your run, 30 games or so through the playoffs, 30 game burst, right? At the end of the year, don't have to worry about anything else. Get in shape the rest of the year and just show up and ball out. It, I feel like that's kind of what's happened a little bit because he looks like a different dude right now. He there, there's points in time, like he picks and chooses his spots, right? And mm-hmm. and I don't. Everyone that's really dialed into the basketball world, like the NBA, talk about how high of a basketball IQ he has, and like he almost just like change changes speeds. And remember, he's still, I don't know how bad that foot injury he had. Remember when he went to the LeBron James of feet and that was the only one that did told him not to have surgery. So I, he's playing through that. And it was that game three for him was weird. He didn't shoot the ball until like midway into the second quarter. Didn't take a shot. And it was one of those things after the game, they asked about it. He's like, ah, I was just doing kind of what, what the flow, what was in the flow of the game and like what was there. I mean, how many star players, like a historic great in the sport, talks like that? You, you know what I mean? And it, it was, it was really, it was an eye-opening win. I mean, they just they beat the hell out of the Warriors. So yeah. I, I got all the respect in the world for LeBron James and what he's meant to basketball, and his longevity is insane. Year twenty. I mean, you got to be kidding me, man. But. Lakers, as long as Anthony Davis stays healthy, which can be a big if, right, with his history, they look like they can make a run, man. Yeah. Now, what was that announced yesterday or today? His son's going to the University of Southern California? Yeah, it was yesterday. After the game, it was actually pretty cool to hear him talk about it. And I know a lot of people listen to this podcast that have a uh, certain feeling towards uh, USC currently. But it was interesting. He's like, this is the first person in my family ever to go to college. It's pretty cool, man. Ooh, and yeah. and Ronnie James is going to have ridiculous expectations, right? Everyone's going to say, you got to go one and done and then go play with your dad, like that whole thing. And LeBron's brought some pressure on him with how he's talked about it publicly. But I'm going to, I think I'm going to want to watch USC basketball. I don't know anything about him. I don't know if he's any good or not. I've heard people say that he's not nearly as good as what he gets cracked up to be, but I have no idea. We'll find out. We'll find out soon. We'll find- we, will, we will all know. I, My hope for the Lakers-Warriors series, can we get some better games? Game one was amazing, and game two and game three have sucked. Just been blowouts. Can we? Can we get a little more... Some close games. That's all I want. Well, I want to be entertained. Series, yeah, as the series progresses, the uh, the white flag will not really be waved. Uh, sometimes there's nothing you can do, but early in the series, when one gets out of hand, it's like, okay, well, we're done with this one. That that's about to run out. They're not going to be doing that anymore. So hopefully, we do get some some better games. Speaking of bad games, my loser of the weekend, the New York Knicks. Ooh. They went to Miami for game three and they got smacked 105-86. It's the first game where the Heat had Jimmy Butler and the Knicks uh, had Julius Randle, right? So no excuses. 
right? And the Heat scored the first basket of the game, and they never trailed. Never trailed. And Jimmy Butler came back from that ankle sprain, just dropped a casual 28. The mentality he brings to that team, it's just so important. You, heat culture, Jimmy Butler culture, I don't care what you call it, man. That dude is a savage he is. I mean, he is. That's a dude you want on your team. Like when it's on the line, you want that dude on your team. He's one of those guys. He's on. He's on the all-time like bar fight team. Like, hey, I know that guy's gonna have my back. I want that guy on my side. And the Knicks, they they didn't shoot it well, but man, Jimmy Butler, what that Heat team is doing as an eight seed. It's impressive as hell, man. Eric Spolstra's arguably, I mean, the argument can be made that he's the best coach in the game with some of the things that they're doing. Oof, the heat, heat culture, Ted. I know. It's real. I, I never would have thought that I would somehow become a Jimmy Butler fan, but I have. He's, I don't know. He's a different breed, man. He is a different breed. He's got some football energy to him. He's, yeah. That's why I like him. He's, uh, he's, he's fun to watch. Like some of the stories you hear about him. Like, I don't know. Did you hear that story going around about that practice back when he was with Chicago? That was pretty funny, man. <laughs> Just a different guy, man. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, looking at that game, Brunson, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randall, they, they both really struggled, but I thought it had a lot to do with how the Heat turned it up, like turned the physicality up defensively. Mm -hmm. right? The Knicks look very uncomfortable for a lot of that game. You know, it's sometimes basketball's like football, man. More physical team wins. Yeah. And the Heat, they looked way more physical. We'll see if the Knicks can adjust to the physicality or maybe, hey, you never know how a game's going to get officiated differently. Like, those things happen, but it looks like the eight-seed Miami Heat are going to the Eastern Conference Finals. They look better than the Knicks of me. Because yeah. one team's got Jimmy Butler and the other team doesn't. That would uh, that would be fun. I'm I'm all for that. Give me give me guys like Jimmy Butler for more, more action. Like, that's what we want to see, right? Heat Celtics would be fun. Yeah. That'd be really fun just to see if Butler can take on that Celtics team, not by himself. That's not, it's, that's not what, not what is happening, but I just want to like Jimmy Butler and Tatum and Jimmy Butler and Brown, just like, give me all the possessions of those guys going at it. Sign me up. That one could get chippy. Just a little bit on that note, episode 315 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that will drop on Wednesday. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 3 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me from 2 to 5 on SiriusXM Radio, channel 375. Hope you all have a great week. And until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.
for just one more time.